Welcome in to another new podcast from the Association for Materials Protection and Performance. My name is Ben Dubose, and I'm a staff writer with Codings Pro Magazine. Today, as we continue our Codings Pro interview series, we're joined by Trent Cotney, CEO of Cotney Construction Law. Trent, good afternoon. How are you? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. Glad to have you back on the series. And rather than me just read off the background for Cotney Construction Law, if you could give us sort of a 30,000-foot uh, overview for anyone who isn't familiar what your work scope is and basically how you all fit into the uh, coatings contractors world. Sure. So we are an international law firm with more than 20 offices throughout the U.S., Canada, and we also have an office in South Africa. Uh, we are dedicated to representing the construction industry, and in particular, we have a large segment that is dedicated to roofing, waterproofing, and coatings. I serve as general counsel for the National Roofing Contractors Association, as well as about 20 other um, roofing and waterproofing associations throughout the U.S. and Canada. And uh, we are a full-service law firm that handles almost any needs that anybody in the industry would have. Yeah, and of course, we tend to use you as an expert when there's some sort of legal issue of significance or potential legal issue, I should say. We talked to you last, right when COVID-19 was starting to become an issue for the industry in the spring of uh, 2020. Now, of course, COVID still an issue in 2021. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I think a good place to start is with the new U.S. administration, because as we're talking at the beginning of February, look, this is less than two weeks old. This is very new. This is on the forefront of everyone's minds. So you have a new administration. You have a Congress that's shifted from Republican controlled, at least in the Senate, to now considering the tiebreaker um, Democrat control. So between the new U.S. administration, changes in the sort of backdrop of Congress, what does that potentially mean for the coatings industry? What are some of the themes that um, we could see emerge in 2021 as it pertains to coatings contractors? So Ben, that's a, that's a great, great question. And that's something that we've been fielding a lot, um, you know, at since basically since last year, moving into this year, mm -hmm. you know, what, what does a Biden administration hold for the coatings industry? And I think there there's a lot of um, there's both good and bad. You know, I think from a good perspective, uh, the Biden administration has already signaled that it will um, be looking heavily into renewable and sustainable energy. And along those lines, uh, you can expect that further stimulus money that is directed towards vertical infrastructure improvement will have a heavy leaning towards anything that involves renewable or sustainable energy. I think coatings are primed to capitalize on cool roof systems and other things of that nature that may assist in being able to take advantage of a lot of those uh, those federal and, and state funding. Um, you know, in addition, I think that uh, there's going to be some favorable immigration policy for construction. So one of the biggest threats to the coatings industry now is sort of lack of skilled labor. Uh, it may be possible that we we have the ability to create a um, you know, possibly a legal way to obtain uh, workforce outside of the U.S. Uh, in the event that the demand continues to keep on pace where it is right now. From a, a potential issue for the industry, one of the things that, that, you know, I'm always focused on is government regulation. And, you know, sometimes it's a good thing, but sometimes it can be bad. One of the, there's a couple of things that we're seeing right now that we're really tracking. One is, um, the Biden administration has signaled that it will put a renewed emphasis 
on misclassification. So a lot of coatings contractors uh, out there, oftentimes what they will do is sub out labor. Um, so they will sub out a portion of, of the labor to perform jobs. And the Biden administration has said, look, we're going to take a real close look at that relationship and see if they are truly independent contractors or if they are just your employees, but you're not calling them that. You're not taking out payroll tax. You're not doing the kind of things that you need to be doing. So that, um, from an industry standpoint, that's something that I'm really clued into. I've talked to our employment division, and I've said, look, you know, this is going to be a hot-button topic. We need to make sure that we're being real proactive and getting as much information out there on how to beef up your subcontracts, how to make sure that you've got the right SOPs in place to ensure, to do as much as you can to ensure that independent relationship. The other thing that, that uh, I'm clued in on is increased OSHA uh, rulemaking, uh, investigations and citations. Uh, I believe this year we will see a couple of significant rulemaking efforts, one with regard to uh, COVID-19 and infectious diseases. Right now there is not a specific standard that is based on COVID-19 or infectious diseases. There are other ones that OSHA is using to kind of, you know, circle the wagon, but at the end of the day there's, that's probably going to be first. Then I anticipate that there is going to be a uh, more robust revised heat illness and injury standard. Um, that's something that although isn't necessarily going to affect coatings uh, contractors right now, it is going to affect them in the summer. Um, so making sure that they, they stay abreast of what the latest changes are, implement uh, proper training and adjust their, their manuals is going to be critical moving into 2021. Generally speaking, what are some of the implications from OSHA? You touched on that, but now that you have a Biden administration rather than a Trump administration at the top, does that signal any sort of potential change in terms of how aggressive they might be with their enforcement? Yes. Um, you know, we, we currently, you know, as of this morning, we have active OSHA cases either in, you know, the federal level or on the state equivalent in 29 different states. And one of the things that remains consistent regardless of who is at the top is usually the rank and file is is fairly consistent from administration to administration. What does change is their operating, uh, how they go about um, engaging in investigations, their initiatives, the things that they're focused on. I absolutely anticipate that there will be heightened regulation. Uh, you know, there, there's going to be more uh, inspections and more enforcement. Um, we saw, if you look back at the Obama administration, there was significant rulemaking. We had the silica standard. We had the beryllium standard for general industry. We had the inflation schedule. We, we had, um, you know, electronic reporting, a lot of other things that came out during that administration. During the Trump administration, very, very little, um, you know, and I, I think we're going to return back to an Obama administration type uh, OSHA where it is heavily involved in rulemaking, um, inspections, and enforcement. Calling all Coatings contractors. We have a great resource for you. Coatings Pro Magazine provides you with the latest news, trends, and technologies for your coating needs. And the best part? It's completely free to anyone who signs up. Simply visit coatingspromag.com slash subscribe. Coatings Pro. Know what the pros know. So let's transition from OSHA specifically to the recent Economic Aid Act that is being put in place by the new administration, providing close to 2.85 billion, I have in my notes, in funding for new uh, PPP loans. 
However, the Act also has some new qualification rules. The application deadline is March 31st of this year. What does that potentially mean for coatings contractors, that Economic Aid Act, and what are some of the new rules that they need to be uh, mindful of if they're trying to go down that path of uh, PPP loans? That's a, that's a great question. That's something that, that we get a lot here. Um, I've been working closely with our, our corporate finance and tax group to kind of navigate a lot of these issues. And to a certain extent, you know, there is a lot of, of backfilling that both the SBA and the Department of Treasury is doing with regard to the PPP loans just to help uh, kind of supplement what's already out there. So the uh, Corona bus bill, which is commonly referred to, came out, uh, I believe, December 21st. And in that, what they did is, like you said, they allocated additional uh, funding to the Paycheck Protection Program. And they, they did a variety of different things. One, they added more money for first-time applicants. So if you haven't applied yet, it's possible that uh, you may have the capability of doing that. And second, as I said, and this is what, what I think listeners should pay attention to, Ben, is that you have the possibility of getting a second dip, mm -hmm. meaning that if you already got a first uh, go at it, you could potentially you know, go back and get more. But here's the catch, is you got to show a 25% loss quarter over quarter, year over year. So you got to be able to show that in 2020, let's say you pick third quarter, you got to show a 25% loss compared to 2019. Um, I do anticipate, and we've already seen some press out there on that, that if you go for a second dip, you know, you can anticipate that there's going to be some scrutiny there. Um, I'm big, I've always said, you know, don't uh, be wary of any free handouts from the government. I think this is one of those issues where you, you really need to make sure you, you have the accounting paperwork to back up whatever it is that you're you're seeking to do. Some other interesting things that came out of that, uh, they opened up uh, PPP funds for 501c6s, which they hadn't previously done. They made it clear that they could get that. Uh, they expanded some of the expenses that uh, can be used uh, for Paycheck Protection Program funds. Uh, and not necessarily PPP related, but tax related. And this is interesting, especially for business owners, of which I'm one. They said um, that meals can be counted as a 100% deduction in 2021 and 2022. So normally what happens, Ben, is that if you, let's say you're down in the Tampa area and I take you out mm -hmm. for barbecue, uh, I would submit that as a business expense and I get 50% credit of that. You know, now I get 100% credit. And they did that to encourage people to dine out and go to restaurants and that kind of stuff. But it's a big benefit to a business owner, especially those coatings, uh, you know, professionals that have a sales, sales crew that have to wine and dine and engage in that kind of stuff. So interesting sort of side note, nobody really pays attention to that, but as a business owner, I definitely noticed it. So, Yeah, I can imagine. Um, we teased to this earlier, the COVID-19 dynamics and what's changing in 2021 now that hopefully the pandemic starts to ease in the next few months. I suppose we've already seen some progress the last couple of weeks in terms of caseloads going down. I think there's a couple of issues as it pertains to coatings contractors. And so I think I can give this to you basically as a two-part question. Number one, what do contractors need to be aware of as far as potential uh, OSHA inspections on the COVID front? That's something that could be fairly imminent, I would think, now that we're in the middle of the pandemic. And then secondly, as we start to come out on the other side and the vaccine rollout reaches the general public in the spring or summer of this year, what are potentially the requirements for a coatings contractor? Can, for example, a client require that a coatings crew be vaccinated? 
So I suppose let's start with the OSHA inspections angle, because I think that's something that's relevant now. And then if you could talk a little bit about what the requirements realistically could be for coatings contractors in a few months when it comes to potentially uh, having crews vaccinated. Sure. Well, you came to the right place, Ben, because this is something that we've had to, to navigate. So with regard to the first one, we have seen an a uptick in COVID-19 related citations, especially in state plans, and I would say specifically in Oregon, Washington, and California. All three of those states are heavily regulated. I guarantee by the time we get off this call, California has probably enacted another uh, regulation that governs or affects coatings contractors. So. Um, you know, the inspections that we're seeing are, are failure to train, failure to comply. Uh, we've seen similar type inspections and citations issued in Michigan and Virginia. Uh, I would anticipate that if you are in one of those state plans that uh, has a heavy regulatory framework, that you can absolutely anticipate there, there is going to be more inspections and more enforcement. Uh, as the Biden administration continues to roll out uh, and OSHA becomes, um, you know, gets into full gear under this administration, that is going to be something that you're going to look for enforcement. It, it is from an, an enforcement standpoint, it is an easy kill for an inspector. Okay, if you don't have a mask on, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, if you're not socially distancing, you don't have to get out of your truck to figure that one out, right? So uh, I do anticipate that there that that is going to be something that is going to be focused. And what concerns me, Ben, is that even though the vaccine is rolling out, we've seen that these variant strains are right. troublesome. Right. So. I anticipate we may be in COVID world for a little bit longer than everybody everybody originally thought. Now, with regard to the second question, okay, this is one that, that we've had to navigate, and there are really two situations that I want to talk to the listeners about. The first one is what if you have an existing contract, and as part of that existing contract, uh, the customer turns to you and says, I don't want anyone on my roof or you know um, anywhere in my building uh, engaged in putting on any type of coding unless they can demonstrate that they have a vaccine. So the question is, is can they do that? And really what you do is you look to the contract. If it's not required by the contract and there is no federal, state, or local requirement that you be vaccinated, then the simple answer is no, they cannot require that. Now you can obviously submit a change order or something seeking, you know, to recover the cost or you may have additional uh, downtime. We've had some people that have had some some fevers or adverse reactions where they've had to take some time off. You know, you need to be compensated for that. But at the end of the day, contractually, they cannot necessarily enforce that. So that leads to the second option, which is what if your customer, you are bidding a project now. Let's say you are in the process of negotiating a contract and they said, look, we want your whole crew and anybody that, that comes on this job site to be vaccinated. Well, the answer is yes, they can absolutely do that. They can require that. And what you need to do is understand that if that is the case, you've got to have a sufficient amount of crew members to handle production. So let's say you have a 10-man crew that does you know, commercial coatings. Uh, you need to recognize that if you get a couple of people down, it's not as easy to replace them unless you have others that are vaccinated that can join the fight. Okay. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but factor it in. Factor it into your bid, factor it into, you know, potential production and workflow problems. What becomes a lot trickier is um, trying to enforce your employees to get vaccinated. Okay, mandatory um, requirement that your employees get vaccinated 
has a, a lot of legal issues, and it's something that we're, we're recommending that you kind of move to a voluntary program rather than a mandatory program because you might potentially run into either discrimination or disability type issues um, related to religion or things of that nature, um, but also from an employee morale standpoint. So a lot of different issues here, Ben. This is something that I expect that we will continue to see throughout 2021. Yeah, I can imagine, because as you said, especially with the variants, I don't think that uh, the COVID dynamic is going away anytime soon. It's something that it's going to be around for a while. And the fact that you have these variants and then the vaccine rollout, it's only going to get more complex in the months ahead. So I think you guys can potentially be a very good resource. Trent, I want to ask you specifically about the roofing market, because while I know you represent coding contractors as a whole and you have a lot of specific knowledge for the industry, I know that roofing is sort of your wheelhouse. That's where you came up. What's new on that side of the contracting industry in 2021? What are some of the themes to watch as it pertains to uh, roof co uh, coatings contractors? So every, what I'm telling anybody that will listen is, is, look, there is opportunity out there. There is significant opportunity out there. You know, what the Biden administration has signaled is a marked change from the fossil fuel, you know, oil and gas type economy to the renewable energy-based carbon capture, solar, wind, hydro collection type mentality. Mm -hmm. And along those lines, I think this is an opportunity for any coatings contractor to diversify its lineup and to make sure that it's capitalizing on these potential new initiatives. You know, green cells, that's the bottom line, is, is regardless of what you think about it, at the end of the day, if you're concerned about revenues, then there's not only gonna be stimulus money there that you can potentially pitch your owners, pitch to your owners, but you, it also gives you an opportunity to differentiate yourself from your competition. So when in the roofing market, what we're suggesting is make sure that you, you know, you combine solar, you really look at green roof systems, not just for, you know, pretty flowers and vegetation, but for biofuel, you know, uh, that you, you look towards uh, cool roof systems and, you know, waterproofing type mechanisms that could potentially um, take into account energy reduction, but also, you know, we've seen some, some interesting materials out there with regard to carbon capture. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there, and that's why I'm excited for 2021. I know it's, it's kind of easy to get down when you hear about pandemics and riots and all right. this other stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, for every, I always view a, a setback as a setup for a greater comeback. And I think this is a great example of that. Like there is opportunity out there, especially for the coatings industry. You guys are primed to capitalize on where I think the next, uh, where this administration is going. So that's how I look at it. And again, this is not a political statement. I'm not red, blue, anywhere in between. I'm just saying, look, you know, opportunity is there. Let's take advantage of it. Right. I think that's a great outlook for it. Trent, as we wrap up the podcast, what else is new in 2021 and what resources do you all have available for any contractor listening to this podcast that I suppose wants to potentially get in touch with you guys or just wants more information on these subjects? I know you guys have a wealth of information at the website, social media and such. What's on the horizon for you all over the next few months? So we're really excited. You know, we we um, are we have combined and merged our companies together. We have Cotton Consulting Group and Cotton Construction Law, and we're now moving forward as Cotton Attorneys and Consultants. On the uh, on the legal side, obviously, we're a full service law firm that that caters to the industry. 
Uh, but on our consulting side, we have operations estimating, uh, you know, unique software solutions and a lot of other great things that we're doing. And as far as resources, you know, we, we put out, um, you know, content on a daily basis on all of our platforms. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can always go to our website, cottonycl.com. Uh, if I am a coatings contractor this year, one of the things that I, I would really want to focus on is making sure that my contract contemplates delays and suspensions for COVID-19. We've seen, uh, we represent a lot of coatings, um, you know, contractors, installers, and, you know, independent sales reps, things of that nature that have failed to account for the delays in their contract and have lost a significant amount of money as a result. The typical delay provisions that you have in there are not effective necessarily. So what I, what I really um, encourage any contractor out there, anybody listening, is take the time now, maybe when it's cold and, you know, work isn't as, as prevalent, take a time to look at your policies, your manuals, your contracts, make sure they're up to speed, do your due diligence now so that when work starts flowing again full steam, you've got everything that you need. Yep. And before we go, what's the specific uh, website and social media to handles that uh, folks can look for again? Sure. So cottonycl.com, that's cottonyconstructionlaw.com. It's cottonycl.com. Uh, and then social media, uh, you can go to Cotney Construction Law on Facebook, um, at cottonycl on Twitter. You can always look me up. Uh, I also publish stuff. I'm, I'm just Trent Cottney. So you just come come see us. Any Anytime you got a question, ask me. I'm always happy to answer. Sounds great. Uh, Trent, thanks again for joining us. And folks, that's where we will leave things on today's show. If you want more information, Trent mentioned where you can catch up with Cottony Construction Law. As for us, you can check out the AMP website at ampp.org, amp.org. And you can also visit codingspromag.com for all sorts of news related to the protective coatings industry. Also, if you have not subscribed to this podcast or if you haven't left us a five-star review, please do. We're available at Apple, Google, Spotify, and virtually every major podcast distributor under our brand new Codings Pro channel. With that, we'll sign off. For Trent Cotney, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks, as always, for listening, and please come back soon for another new podcast episode from the Codings Pro interview series.